You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard the Author's Leverage. All right, welcome to the Author's Leverage. I'm so excited. This is a topic that I've been looking forward to probably since you signed up and since we first met. So if you're an author and you are interested in a way to create a list, to grow your business, to really establish yourself as a credible expert that you are even further, um, this is a wonderful topic. We're talking all about virtual summits. I have been a part of virtual summits lately. I've seen them in action. I've been invited to be a part of these summits. And I really think, especially in this day and age where the internet, you know, how we're connected right now, uh, thanks to the pandemic and all the changes in the world, like this is such a powerful strategy for those who have a program, are entrepreneurs, like really any type of business. But of course, we're talking and focusing on uh, my favorite people in the world, which are authors. So I'm excited for this topic and this conversation. We are joined with the wonderful Robin Bennett. Let me read a little bit about her and then bring her to the stage. So Robin Bennett is a digital marketing expert and coach, currently making her mark on the internet as a virtual summit coach, certified content marketing specialist, launch strategist, and a Kartra expert. She loves to help coaches, service providers, and freelancers create, build, and grow a profitable online business. And she teaches them how to leverage tech together with strategy so they can save time, automate more, and scale your business with ease. And we're going to talk about uh, a wonderful product that she's actually launching pretty soon um, where she's training teams and VAs and the entrepreneurs themselves how to do this. Um, She also helps them connect with their potential customers by sharing the best growth hacking strategies and tools to navigate the fast paced and ever changing landscape of digital marketing and automation combined. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the author's leverage, Robin Bennett. Hi, geez, that made me a little shy to hear that about myself. So I'm very (laughs) happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah, this is such an interesting topic. Oh my gosh. And I was checking out uh, your website and your bio before jumping on and seeing that you've also had a lot of experience in video editing and being in that world too, which is uh, really how I got my start into business. And I still technically kind of do it. But anyway, I was like, wow, we both uh, were in video probably around the same time. Wow. Maybe we were competitors. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So let's talk a little bit about, let's just dive in virtual summits. Yeah. How would you define a virtual summit? What is a virtual summit for those that are like, what are they talking about exactly? Like I've heard of conferences or webinars. How would you define that? Well, for me, a virtual summit is an interview series. 
a way for you to be showcased as an expert in your niche. And what you'll do is, for instance, let's, there's different kinds of summits, and maybe we'll cover that. But I'll just use like the one that I first ever type I've ever done. So it was like 21 experts. You're the host. You interview 21 different people on your niche. And they, everyone, they are experts within their niche. And the whole sort of magic about it in those days was that everyone had a certain list size. And then you'd be attracting everything to have a specific list size. And you could easily at the time make anywhere from five to 10,000 leads um, at that time. And I'd say that at that time because things have changed a little bit. But I still obviously, I mean, I'm still doing summits. I still get hired to do summits. I've done over 300. So things have changed. But they're, to me, even more valuable than they were before, because it's not only about the size of the list, but it's the quality of the list, the audience, the quality of your audience, your dream audience. That is why I love virtual summits, because let's just say, and, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to like dive in because okay, like, this I, is great. there's so much I can say about this. So let's just say that I want to do a summit and I invite Oprah to be my guest. And so I'm pretty sure Oprah has a good email list. I think so too. And my summit is on digital marketing. So I know that Oprah has some people who are going to be interested in digital marketing. So at the end of everything, I get 10,000 people from Oprah, which I think is a pretty good guesstimate. And I'm like raring to go. But when I start promoting to them after the summit is over, I'm probably going to lose over half of them because they're into health, they're into wellness, they're into all other things. They really don't care so much about digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So I looked at the number and who the person was in comparison to my dream audience. And that's why I always say numbers are great. I mean, we all want a big list, but we want a converting list. We want a list that really, you know, is our dream audience. And, and the, you know, everything about the summit is then tailored to that person as a service, as a true point of value, as opposed to just random, you know, people coming together, right? And I see this, by the way, all the time. I'm doing a summit. Well, a client is doing a summit and they invited someone who had 75,000 people on their list. And this summit is for a particular demographic, Mm -hmm. but the 75K people had people from all kinds of demographic, like all kinds of ages. So of course it wasn't converting as well. So it's like, that's why it's important to be really clear about who your audience is Mm. first and foremost, even before you invite a single person to be your guest speaker. That's incredible. And you mentioned there's different types of summits. So can you break that down a little bit as well? Sure. So I'll try to keep things in in context for authors, for instance. So there are the interview style. So I would like you're doing right now, you're interviewing me, you would interview 20 others, but all different ways for authors to reach, um, you know, how to grow their email list, how to grow their business as an author. Or there's presentation styles where different authors would be able to show how they came up with ideas you know, for a story. Um, one author might show, someone in, in the in the industry might show how to, what are the best software for authors. And so, you know what I mean? Like you get different oh, yeah. pieces 
and people would do presentations. And that would also count, by the way, as interviews. But that's sort of like having a complete sort of interest for authors. Because as an author, I would want to know what, you know, what do you use to, to write copy? What is your technique? What is, you know, there's so many different things. How do you create a cover? And you would have all these different people either presenting or being interviewed. And there's also the hybrid where it's part interview, part panel, part live, you know, so just it's all as whatever you can imagine and whatever you want to do. Always keeping in mind your audience and what it is that they like. So I, and I say that because if you're, say, having 50-year-old women, you may not, or no, even better, say you have 30-year-old women, mothers of four children and up, well, maybe having a summit that airs at 8 p.m. is not an ideal yeah. <laughs> situation. But if you have, you know, people who are single and you have a summit, I'm using 8 p.m. As an, as an exaggeration, but all that to say is just getting to know your audience and what they like will make you convert and grow your list even better. And does that also determine how to decide on what format or what style to go with with the virtual summit? Yeah, I think always when it's your first one to be a little traditional in the sense of doing the interview series. And the reason why I say that is because your audience gets to know you. So you're asking the questions that they want to know. Whereas opposed to spending 30 minutes watching someone else present and connecting with that someone else, I want you to be the one that is going to be saying, so Bob, tell us what is your method for X, Y, Z. And this way they're getting to know you, watch you, see you teach. They get to just know that at the end, that person's amazing. And I have to tell you, every summit I've done for myself, Every time I've had calls afterwards, I've always heard people tell me, I feel like I already know you. <laughs> yeah. Just from watching me interview other people. That's that's interesting. And it yeah. really it really speaks to, like you said, from a strategic standpoint to, you know, if you're starting, get the relationship. And I, you know, that's a very clear strategy, right? Depending where you are in this. Uh, having yeah, done exactly. A or not. Yeah, I mean, there's like another model where you could be a, a big enough coach that you have someone on your team do some interviews and stuff like that. And I have nothing against it, but I'm so much about relationship building that I just want to be there. I want to be looking at you, looking, right. you know, connected with the audience. That's what's important. That's that's that makes a lot of sense. And I think about our audience and you know, for authors, you've mentioned some of the ways that having a summit or being a part of a summit, right? I think we actually talked about that a little bit before we started recording, but there's benefits on both sides, whether you're hosting one or you're, you know, positioned to be a part of one. So can you uh, talk to a little bit of that and the benefits of an author being connected with the summit in any kind of way? Well, let's just say the author is the host. So the advantage to to them is they're going to grow their email list, right? That's, that's the like a great part. And I ideally, if they do it right, they're going to grow their list with the exact people that they want in their niche, all of that. But if you're a guest, what's also great is you're also recognized as an expert because it's very seldom that people are just going to ask you to speak, you know, just for the sake of speaking, right? I mean, 
they can obviously, but usually you're considered an expert. And when people like me do research for other summits, like I have a client where I'm doing JV for um, a giveaway, for instance. So I look at other people who have been on giveaways and summits and interview series and all that. So you're more likely going to be picked first. Though I do want to say something. A lot of times I try to think outside the box because I don't want always the same people on the same events, the same time, you know, because again, I want the audience to be engaged. And if, if you know, every time I have a summit, I'm going to have the same 10 people, you're going to just stop showing up. doesn't really That's matter. True. That's true. So then for uh, the other question I thought about, remember going back to knowing which strategy or what style to go with your summit. The other question was how long do summits run? <laughs> And why, That's one why of my favorite with, yeah. questions. <laughs> um, here's one. I had a client. She did a summit for 45 days. What? Yeah. And I said, are you crazy? Like, come on. It's right before Christmas. No way. And you have to understand something. That someone who's going to stay with you from day one to day 45 is a pretty good lead, right? I mean, they're opening oh. your emails. <laughs> They're following you. And that helped her close her program at the end of the summit. So even though I, as a summit manager, was like, oh, my goodness, 45 days. We did really well. She ended up with thousands of leads and they ended up really being hot because they stayed with her through the end. I mean, some people dropped, of course, thinking, oh, my God, day 18. And there's a trick to that. Never say day 18 of summit name get people with catchy subject lines, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> um, so it's like what you have to really do. And I've also have summits where they're one day, two day, five days, 10 days, 14 days. Um, there's, you can have one expert a day. You can have two, you can have five. It, you can have the interviews live for 72 hours. Like you can have them live for 24 hours it's all about what you want to do. And that's why when I work with clients, what I like to do is the very first thing we talk about is what are your expectations? How do you want to interview them? What, you know, like what's the day? How many do you want to do per day? If you want to do a lot per day, how many do you want to let them watch? Like, do I get to have three days to watch five interviews? Because I don't have time to watch five interviews in one day. And therefore, we have to make a schedule for people to understand this is what you're, you know, this is what's on this day so they can pick and choose. And so it's like, you have to have this big discussion so that it's really, really clear for your, your, the client, the host of the summit, what their goals are. And then it's easier to say, okay, you want to have a 40 day summit. Well, we're going to need a really good copywriter and we're going to need some really great subject lines and really great clicks to keep the audience interested. Mm. So, yeah, this is so a summit could go from one day to at least 45. And I believe there's even longer. <laughs> Have you seen any success with summits where the videos, let's say, or the the interview was pre-recorded versus oh, yeah. live? Yeah, I see more success with pre-recorded because it's less stress. And sometimes when there's a boo-boo, a dog barking, or a cat showing up, or a power outage, it's a little easier to control. Mm -hmm. 
but things happen. I've, I've done summits where my cats have just walked right by the camera with no, <laughs> no consideration whatsoever. <laughs> but so, but pre-recorded is typically, but like one of the, like two of the summits I'm working on, we are doing live panels at the end of the series. So people are showing up. So it's a hybrid mo- model. That's yeah. I, so I love, see. I love all the options that you have yeah. with it. It's not what people think anymore. Yeah. It's, it's totally, it's, it really is something else. And I'm thinking about, you know, for an author who has a book and they're, you know, full blown, remember book tours and I said, remember, I mean, they yeah. still do book tours, but you know, there's book tours and other efforts that they endeavor to get their book out there and to market it. And uh, of course, in our world with the author's leverage, we're looking for those opportunities to help create those um, those products for them. And it's all really about, okay, we have this this content. What can we do to repurpose it? So when we talk mm-hmm. about leveraging that work and repurposing it, Summit's kind of also check off that box too, it seems. I mean, in a really and you have a broad audience. So many things. Yeah. You end up with a huge, like if it's done right, you have a huge audience that's following you and you can give away the book to uh, as a prize every day. Like if you're doing a five day, you could give a copy of your book to something like there's just different ways. You also have games. There's there's bingo in summits where if you've watched an interview, you, you know, and people who take them more, are more engaged. If you have some engagement contests and stuff like that, this is all something that helps you become recognized as an author, as an expert, as someone who knows. So they're like, you know what? I re- I saw this amazing author. I was in this summit. It was so good. We love, you know, we partake, we partook in everything, you know? So it's just, it's part of creating that engagement. Hmm. I I love this conversation. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's so powerful on so many, on so many levels. And it really is. So I'm curious. So then are you able to like come up with ideas for summits like in 0.2 seconds? Because I would imagine after doing so many, it's like, OK, I know and you just quickly strategize a plan. I mean, is that sort of how it works in your world? Like you get information you need and then from there. I do and I can. But it's not always recommended because oh, okay. it's and I say that because for me, like, you know, I, I know someone who is a chimney sweeper. So right away, I'm thinking that what they can do is show people how to build businesses for the non-office person. Like that took me like 0.3 seconds to come up with. But of course, that's not what they want to do. So it's uh, it's like, even though my idea is like, hey, I can really help you do X, Y, Z. If that's not who they are or what they can, they are comfortable with. It's a wasted energy. I've done this with someone where it was like we laid out everything for the summit from A to Z, and they had every reason um, to go against it. Like they were just resistant the whole time. So we we launched the summit. We had a good list built, but they just you know. So it's like you have to understand your client and understand what they're capable. Some some people it's an audio summit. Like that's, they just want to be able to do an audio, you know, an audio interview. And and that works. And it's still a list build. How many of us are driving, listening to podcasts, yes, right? Yes. Instead of like so on a Zoom or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, 
So it's like you, you have to work with who you're working with and understand their limitations. And some people, I have clients who are like, hey, I want to be on camera. So that's the perfect person. Like, you know, so it's just recognizing. And I'm sure it's the same with authors, like knowing what people can and cannot do and working with that strength. I love that. And I it it really highlights, I think, also um, in that respect, when we're looking at planning out these these summits that really, yeah. again, having more information about the audience and then your audience, which is your client, and then. Now all that informs uh, a really powerful event, and yeah. So so then your process has changed over time as well. Like you said, it was a lot of oh, energy, yeah. and I was like, nope, forget that. I'm doing like we're going this route. What what changed for you? I mean, that's like a huge uh, turning point. It sounds like I don't want to waste any more time and energy. So you know, we need more information well, yeah. from them. Yeah. Well, I after doing over three hundred, like in the beginning, I was a doer. So I was I was doing what the client wanted me to do. So I was putting together their event, making sure there was a success. But I'm a studier. I love to learn. I love to observe. I love to always educate myself. And I would see things. And I would see how some people it was just easy for them to literally say, hey, Bob, I'm doing a summit next month. Do you want to show up? Yeah. Okay. Robin, Bob's in. Whereas I also saw someone say, I need you to help me find some people. I, so I started to just, you know, see the, how one could be an introvert, another could be an extrovert, and seeing the result mm-hmm. afterwards mm-hmm. and seeing how some people say, well, my coach says I have to do this or my coach says I have to do that and watching them like almost torture themselves. And believe me, I'm all for getting out of comfort zones. Being here for me is getting out of my comfort zone. <laughs> so I totally yes. support that. But I also don't think that someone who is terribly shy for their first summit should, you know, have an extrovert 45 day event. Maybe someone who's terribly shy can still go on camera, pre-record and do a five day event. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, so I've learned how to sort of listen, ask questions, see where they're comfortable, see where I can push and not push, give ideas. I always, always have ideas. It's I can't help myself. And see what they like, don't like. And does it resonate with their dream, with their goal? It so yes, yeah, the process has definitely changed. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. All right, it's time for a short break. Let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Are you an author and ready to leverage your book? Maybe you have a great idea for a course or program, but you need help fleshing it out with someone and making sense of what you have. If that's you, I want to invite you to schedule a free half-hour strategy session with me. We'll take a look at your content together, talk about your goals, and I'll provide my professional and honest recommendations. No salesy stuff or surprises. So to schedule a call, visit theauthorsleverage.com forward slash course strategy. All right, now back to the show. So I'm curious in your experience, because you've ran a number of these summits, can you share a story of one that I would say surprised you the most. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and what you learned from that. <laughs> I have two surprises, ones that where I where I can look back and go, wow, that's pretty impressive. So one was a summit where I had a client who three actually. I'm gonna make this really, really quick. So one, the client was just doing a summit for summit's sake. There was no audience 
investigation or anything. She just wanted to get comfortable with the camera and the process. And that's what her coach had told her to do. So she invited her coach and she invited her girlfriend and the guy at the supermarket. I mean, it was just just mm-hmm. like totally unpolished. <laughs> and she ended up with 300 people. And I was devastated <laughs> because for me, that was just terrible. Oh, my God. And that year she made $600,000. So that was one of the, and why did she make $600,000? Because she took those 300 people. She nurtured them. She, she went and she did another one right after. And and she just kept, because that first one was just, let me, let me get, you know, comfortable, see how this is. And then she made some friends and her coach introduced her to someone else and someone else. And she kept nurturing her list and she made $600,000. So that was one of those where it's like, whoa. Nice. You know, it's pretty impressive. And I had another client who had sort of thought she was going to do the same process, do, you know, not a big deal who she was going to invite because she had one person who had had a list size of 100,000 and they were going to mail and all the other people had 200 and 300 people. But she didn't care because Miss 100,000 was going to mail and contract was signed and everything. Miss 100,000 did not mail. And this person had even less than 300, I think, at the end of the day. So she was heartbroken. I mean, like oh. she was crying. And and my the, the point of that story is don't bank on one person. If you're going to have some fun, you can have some fun. Just don't put your eggs all in one basket. Because she thought 100,000, if I get 10% of Miss 100,000, right. I'm going to be, you know, yeah. So, but it didn't work because Miss One Hundred Thousand got three clicks, and I think that was her testing her link. So, it sometimes that happens. That just happens, and I'm not saying Miss One Hundred Thousand was good or bad or anything like that. There could have been a miscommunication. There could have been many, many things between my client and that expert. But my lesson for that was: do not bank on one person. And um, the other final one is there's two arts and crafty summits that I've done, knitting and sketching. Now, I personally can't even draw a stick man. <laughs> I can't knit. But I'm a, I'm a great summit manager, so I'm all excited about this. Heck, I've done summits on water, horses, birds, you know, so it's all kinds of summit. So here we are sketching and knitting. I would I would think... Okay, like sketching, knitting. All right, I get it. That's a, a good topic, I guess. Well, both of these made over 15,000 on their first summits of hot leads. <laughs> so you never know. Like to me, no. knitting and, and sketching was like, please. <laughs> and these people do them every year now. So, you know, that first 15 is like now in the 50, 60, 70,000 because they now do them every year. Interesting. And there's still a success. There's still hot people, you know, and if you sell a hundred dollar product to 50,000 people, it's not bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> not bad at all. And, you yeah. know, with the, I think the second story that you mentioned that the woman uh, did it multiple times, right? She did the first one, just yeah. kind of just putting something together and then did it again. Like what period of time pass, you know, goes past between, different summits, you know, or I should say, how long does it take to actually 
plan and prepare for one? Is it something you can just throw together in a couple of weeks or? Well, if you're an expert at it, you can do it in a couple of weeks, but I still wouldn't recommend it. Okay. Okay. Like, like the one that was calling Bob and Sue and Janet, she had done so many that that's what she could pull off. But if oh. you're new, you don't want to do that because it's very stressful. Even with a summit manager, it's a stressful because you still need to find quality experts. So yep. that that's sort of what, and the one who had done just for fun and then a few that year, well, she had waited two months and then did another one, then waited two months and did like, so she was just trying, and she also did webinars and she just kept, you know, nurturing and growing and it paid. Wow. Now so it worked out for her. So it could, you know, this strategy is something that you could either could be implemented once a year or it could be like once a month or, or yeah. maybe every other month or something. Mm-hmm. And it, do you feel like that could be for some businesses, especially authors, like, could that be the one driver for them? Because I always encourage our authors after we've created their course product we have to continue to be in conversation about this. So we do offer on our end, you know, opportunities to come and film some additional content and things like that, that can help to keep the word out about their expertise. But in this case, it almost sounds like there's so many, I see so many elements and so many boxes being checked with something like this. I mean, is this sort of the future? Is this how we can like, you know, yeah, like just to launch and have something always in the conversation. Like it just seems like a no-brainer if that, you know, you're building a list with it. They're going through your nurture. You do it again at a certain frequency that works for you. I mean, is this, is that your belief? I mean, I know that you're the summit queen Definitely. and you've seen several of these, but is that like, could that be the main marketing driver for a business? I believe so. And I'm going to give you some other examples that okay. I find very fascinating. So let's take, I'm not going to name names. Let's say you do some ads. Okay. And ads are great. I've used them. We all use them. They're great lead generators. Mm-hmm. So say you get a lead that is $5 per lead. Okay. If you do an ad and it's $5 per lead. So if you want a thousand people, that's $5,000. Um. And let's say you do a summit and you get a thousand, let's say it's the same thing. Say it's 5,000, 5,000. You have a thousand for both. Um, and I say that because I, I believe with ads, the price can vary. It could be $10 a lead, like it could be $2 a lead, depends on who's doing your ads. But I'll just play fair and say 5,000, 5,000. So $5,000, you each have a thousand leads. Who do you think has the warmer lead? The people who are cold off of an ad? Or people have watched you for one to 45 days (laughs) teach on a topic. So the quality lead, in my humble opinion, is the summit lead because they've gotten to know you. Whereas the ad lead, they, they may stay, but we've all done ads. So we know and summits do. People drop off. Some people just come for the freebies and they take off. But it's a different drop. It's a totally different drop. So that's one of the comparisons for me, because as a business owner, we have to continuously grow our list. When when another a certain social media company was down, we all wondered that day, like, OK, hey, it's down. They could just shut down for whatever reason or be down. 
your email list is something you can always reach out. Hey, yes. it was the email list where we said, hey, you know what? So-and-so's down. We're here. Yeah. Let's play a game or let's communicate or let's, you know, what are you doing today with social media down or something like that? Like, I'm just saying like your list is always your list. Say you are with um, an email service provider that shuts down, not that they would, but say they do, you can move your list to another email service provider. Like your list is your list. It's your, yeah, it's yours. Yeah. Your followers like I've had people say, well, so-and-so has a hundred thousand Instagram followers. So if they don't have to mail. They're going to promote me on Instagram. You have to be really, really good. I follow, I follow people that I don't even like, they don't influence me is what I'm trying to say. Like I, I might be on a specific reality shows um, Instagram account right. because I've seen something and it was funny or whatever, but because they're promoting a certain specific thing, I personally won't do it. But again, I'm a little jaded when it comes to that because I've been on so many summits, but it's not, that's not going to move the needle so much as your email list will move the needle. <clears throat> Very powerfully said. And it's true. It's so true. And I always yeah. uh, share the story of Tyler Perry, who is like, you know, an amazing producer and, wears a lot of hats in the film industry and the difference for him, he did stage plays back in the day and he collected everybody's email. So then when he approached the TV stations with his idea and to pitch, it was because he had his own distribution that he got where he, I mean, that was like one of the biggest differentiators and he knew his audience and you know, the network had this audience. It was just, was beautiful. So I love, I love that. Yeah. Alignment <laughs> and is so key. So uh, as we start to wrap up this conversation, I feel like I, I have many other questions, but that's probably on a personal note for <laughs> what we have go going on. But um, I, one of the questions that came to mind was, is there any you know, type of entrepreneur or business or whatever that a summit would not work for or would not turn out well? For, I don't know, just like wouldn't be worth you know, the, the effort. I'm trying to like, is there a business or... Yeah. I can't, I can't think of, because really what it is, is gathering, like if you, if you're an author on, um, you know, let's use an example, I'm a, I'm a huge reader. So uh, say you're into mystery mm -hmm. series or something like that. Well, what, what, who, who could we invite exactly. to be part of that? Right. And to me, there I would look at all the different ways a book is written, uh, a certain niche is written, a certain, you know, how someone investigates how to find. Like, I would be, I can't see how that can go wrong. Like, I just see it as such a great way to continuously build your list and your expertise. Because trust me, coming your second summit and your third and your fourth, you're not sitting like this. You're sitting like this and tell me more and you're or, or you're a little more pop, but you have that expertise. You've you've done this. This is you're now at home and you know that this is your audience. It's it's a different thing. And when you're writing them weekly, it, it's it's a different experience. I can't imagine someone not doing well unless they had a dry interview. Like it'd be so Bob, tell me. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, but how, I, that how makes do you sense. come up like with ideas? And plus with, you know, in business anyway, if a business is in business, they have an audience and 
you can always tailor it and connect it with that audience. So I guess they're really yeah. like a summit can really fit for uh, any business or author or topic or anything. I love this. So beneath this uh, post, there's going to be information about how to connect with Robin. Um, but Robin, I definitely want you to share a little bit more about your um, pro summit. I believe it yeah, is the summit pro method summit Pro method. Yes. Would you share a little bit about that for us? Yes, thank you. I am launching at the end of May, the Summit Pro Method, which is to help virtual assistants as well as coaches who want their virtual assistants to know everything that they need on launching a summit for them. So if you're a coach who's thinking of a summit in the next year and you have a regular VA that you've been working with for months or years, well, my course is going to show her how to take care of your summit from A to Z. And it's not just the doing, because the doing will only take you so far, but it's the reasoning, the why, all my tips and tricks. I'm literally holding nothing back. So that is, uh, uh, you can find that also on my on my website menu. It's called Summit Pro Method on the menu. Yes, please check this out. We'll have a link to Robin's website on this post. So you're welcome and you should go and check out uh, what she has going on. It's awesome. So let's wrap it up. Uh, last couple questions I'm going to be asking is one, when you hear the word uh, the author's leverage or that phrase that those words put together, what does that mean to you? What comes to mind for you in terms of yeah, what, what that means today? Well, for me, it means that you, that I'm going to have, I have like leverage. I mean, it just sounds so, you know, it's like there's, there's an advantage to not only just, I have an idea and a dream and a goal, but there is something you're going to be taking me, you know, a step further than that, which is what I think people need. It's just, you know, you can guide people, but you have to be able to take them to that extra step that they need to move forward. So you're giving them a leverage over the other authors. I, I feel, you know, to me, it just seems so clear and so obvious that that's their advantage working with you. Beautiful. I, I didn't even connect it to working with, well, I know it's the name of our, uh, of our brand, but the, uh, like the words themselves. I mean, it's just, we, when we came up with the, the term, it was like, wow, this really makes a lot of sense. And there were different yeah. interpretations of it that were just so interesting. So I appreciate yours and appreciate you saying Thank that. You. So I usually ask, like, what are your last parting words of advice for the listeners and the viewers? But I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I used to ask this question on a, a previous show that I did. So I believe in simplicity. So if you were to leave the audience with one word from Robin Bennett, <laughs> then it, what would that word be and why? It would be two words, but they're short, so they probably equal one word. Okay. <laughs> and it would be do it. And that is not only ritual summit, that is just what you're thinking, what you're sort of uh, just do it, do it. Because the regret afterwards of not doing it just isn't worth it. So do it. Um, I, I just want to encourage people just go after that dream because it is possible, but it's not possible unless you take action. That's for sure. I love that. That was so meaningful. Thank you for, for saying that. 
started to think of the Nike sign, just do it. I would add that now. Yes, I didn't even think of that. Dang. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. Robin, thank you so much for being with me and sharing your your wisdom and your ideas and uh, all the things that you've witnessed in this space. I think it's going to be hugely valuable to uh, all of our authors that are listening because it's definitely helped me. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone. Yes. And thank you for tuning in. This is the Author's Leverage. And again, this is where we talk about all the ways and the possibilities that are available for authors today. And I'm excited that you were here and invite you to check out more. We're at theauthorsleverage.com. We do have a masterclass that's coming up. Uh, You've also been able to find other interviews that we've done on our website and on the podcast. And there's some really cool stuff coming up as well. So uh, stay tuned and we'll be in touch. Thanks again for being here. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. To check out more resources, visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.